0: This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. It missed something here.
1: The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that
0: feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know You feel like you're being followed but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, and another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight that the tree. All we get is a big red eye.
1: I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked
0: out welcome to the show everyone you are listening to believe Paranormal and UFO radio my name is Cade Moyer and thanks for tuning in if you've had an encounter get in touch with me my email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio if you enjoy this episode there are a few things you can do to help the show firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that will help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Josh, and Josh had a really fascinating paranormal encounter while he was in the army barracks down in Pucker. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Cade. I appreciate you having me on. I'm very, very intrigued by the email that you sent through because this is something that is... I've never really heard of any... Haunted kind of army barracks, and I know I'm kind of putting words in your mouth at the start here, but yeah, are you able right. to to kind of go through the events that you encountered while you're in the army barracks down in down in Pukka?
1: Yeah, mate, I'll uh, I'll give it my best shot. Um, so basically, back in 2011, um, I I joined the army. Uh, I was at Kap- oh, well, i I've rejoined the army, so I'd gone into Kapuka, um and I spent a limited amount of time there. Um, before moving to pucker at the end of december um basically we weren't really meant to uh another guy and i were in the same boat and they just sent us to pucker um to get us out of kapuka and make us the staff at pucker punyels problem i guess and um when we got there so it was my mate and i and two other guys sharing a a block, which was block four back then. I'm not sure if it's still there. Um, I think they've renovated Pacapunyo now. But um, back then, you drive onto the base and it's, you know, it's pretty, it's got a certain feel to it. Um, it's a very old feeling sort of place, um, established around the time that the Vietnam War kicked off. Um, and all the buildings sort of mirrored that. Uh, when we got into block four, I, I remember at the time of the year it was it was it was quite hot uh being december in victoria as well uh you're in the middle of the bush but when we got into this building i just remember it being you know pretty cold in there especially in certain parts of the building uh, namely a locker room um, and the common room in the building itself um Nothing happened in December because basically my mate and I were only there for a day. We got approved leave and went home for Christmas and the new year, and we got back in the second week of January. Uh, That's when things started to to shape up a little bit. Um, We were still the only four blokes there in this this building, and we were just reporting each morning to... uh, the Signals Wing, which was right next to our building, and basically they would tell us go and do PT, uh, and then time was ours until the next morning when we'd have to show up for parade. On one particular day, um, the boys decided that they were going to walk to Frontline, which is probably about a 20-25 minute walk from School of Artie, uh, which School of Artillery. Sorry, I said the Um And I decided I was going to stay back and get on top of my ironing and then head to the gym after. Um, so the boys took off I was doing my ironing and um, this is the first sort of thing that that happened uh, in the block that we were staying in it had a, a bottom level top level we were on the bottom floor we were told not to go upstairs because that's where the female um, diggers were going to go and stay if they came and they'd fill up the bottom floor with us first um, I was ironing and then I remember just hearing a door um Just slamming shut and then opening again, like creaking open, slamming shut, and it was really hitting hard. And I thought, oh well, there must be some new blokes that have just moved in or gone up, like they've moved into the building. So I poked my head out, and there was no one there. Um, No doors were opening on the bottom level, and then I realised I could hear it from upstairs, and it was echoing down the down the um, the staircase. And I was like, well, must be. Staff up there, logging faults, making sure that uh, the rooms are ready to go for people, and they're trying to decide and and find out which rooms are suitable for people to stay in. But it just kept going on for about fifteen minutes, and um, that's when I was like, "Well, I'm going to grab my grab my stuff and head to the gym." And um, yeah, I just sort of put it down to the fact that it was either staff or it was that you know the wind kept catching a door that wouldn't close and it kept slamming it shut but it was really slamming hard um the second thing that that happened it was one night um and we'd all gone into the common room there were four of us one of the boys was in there before the other three of us got in there and he was watching the tennis on the telly the australian open was on at the time um the common room is just basically the size of like a living room it's got like couches and chairs and, a kitchenette area at the back and a TV so everyone can watch telly and we were just sitting there watching and um, my mate he wanted to put um, something on from his hard drive and um, we were get he was getting a bit jack of waiting for this bloke to stop watching the tennis and it went on pretty late and I was like well I'll, I'll wait around because I'm not too tired and he gave me his hard drive so that when it finished I could plug it into the telly so that eventually finished and everyone went to bed and I was the only one in the common room. So I put on the, the hard drive and I was watching telly and I just had a feeling that from the kitchenette area over my shoulder that something was looking at me. You know, just I just had that gut feeling like there was nothing there, there was no one there, but that's how I felt. And um I'm sitting on the couch and I heard the, the light from the hallway flick and then the the fluorescent lights that lit up the entire floor out in the hallway just went off. And I remember thinking, that's a bit weird because I didn't hear any of the boys get up to go to the toilets because you've got to walk past the common room and go right down another hallway to get to the toilets. And I was like, well, that's a bit weird. Didn't hear anyone, and why would they turn the light off anyway because it's another 10 or 15 metres down past the common room and where they have to turn off to go to the toilet. So I went out there, turned the light back on, and I went and sat down again, and um, within about a minute, uh, I heard the light, flick, the light switch flick again, and the lights had gone out. And I was like, all right, well, one of the boys is playing funny buggers with me. And I was like, well, I'll go to their room. I'll go to my room, and my mate was fast asleep, and the other boys were right down the end of the hallway, and their door didn't lock. So I went in there and opened it up, and they go to sleep as well. And I was like, what's going on here? So I went back to the common room and just as I was about to sit down, the light, flit, uh, light switch flicked on and the lights came back on out in the hallway. And I've turned to the doorway and then it's flicked again and the lights have gone out. And so I just ran to my room where my mate was and I locked the door. And, like I didn't even bother getting the hard drive or anything. Like I was I was pretty freaked out at the time. Um, yeah, so that's that's the first sort of two of it. Um, some of the things that the other boys would say, I remember. So the, the the laundry was, you had to go. It was right next to the toilet, so you had to go down, past the common room, turn right down a hallway, and it was at the end of end of the hallway the laundry was. And one day, one of the boys came in and he thought he was he was a bit angry, and he goes, "Which one of you took me washing out of the washing machine?" We're like we haven't done anything, like all looking at each other, and like each of us are expecting someone to go, "Oh, yeah, it was me?" But all the boys were like, "No, nah, we haven't done anything, and this bloke's washing had gone gone from the laundry uh from the washing machine, sorry, and it had just been spread out everywhere, completely saturated in the in the laundry um, yeah, so that was another. Another thing that was I thought was a bit weird because at that point still there was only the four of us in the building and these buildings are massive, man. They're like you could have at least eighty to a hundred bikes, I dare say, when they're at capacity. Oh wow, really? Uh, yeah, it's it's a big building. Um, bottom floor, top floor, and the hallway will stretch for at least you know forty meters um, from end to end. You know, just rooms lined up either side of the hallway and like a big communal laundry, big communal toilets and showers. There was times where blokes would go into the showers as well, like this other bloke, um, called Dan, Dan Lawrence. And um he'd gone into the shower and so he turned on the shower and then three or four other showers had turned on. And he thought we were in there with him, but no one was in there. So, you know, there was just weird stuff happening at this block. And um but the the most confronting thing for me personally uh, was one night where, so it was still only the four of us in the building, and my mate Gene had guard duty, so he had to go to the school of Artie, and that's where he'd stay overnight. So when you do guard duty, you go there um, for a set amount of time, and you'll you'll sleep in the guard house the guard room overnight. So I had the room to myself, and I remember. I'd gone to sleep and then it was like I'd never been asleep at all. And I woke up and it was just before three three in the morning. And I looked over at the at my phone because I wanted to know how much time I had left before I had to get up for PT. And I looked over to my right from where my bed was to where Jeans was and, and the window was at the head of his bed. And the curtain, which was like a sort of a thin see-through curtain, it had, ex- it was extended out from the windowsill by about 10 or 15 centimeters and just not moving. Um, just not moving at all. Like you would think a curtain would, you know, in a breeze.
0: Yeah. You'd think and it would wave around or, or have a little bit of backwards and forwards motion.
1: No, it just, it was completely stationary. And, you know, I, I was, I was like, Well, that's weird that Gene left the window open because he's he's paranoid about, you know, having his stuff taken. Um, and I'd gone up to to close the window and the window was closed. So that was after so the the curtain had hovered there for about about fifteen seconds and then it went back down and I'd gone over the window, the window was closed. There was no draft in the room and I freaked out man. I got out of there and I went and sat on the front steps of the building until the morning. And then, like five thirty rolls around, and one of the boys gets up um, to make some breakfast and have a dart. And that was when I sort of went back into the room because there was a bit of light in there. But it was just a—it was completely. I couldn't explain it.
0: Could you feel I, the presence in I, that room? For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: At the time, mate, like I don't remember. Like it was but it was just like I don't know if you've ever felt this before where you go to sleep and then immediately bang. It's it's like you've never been asleep at all and time's gone. Um that's what it felt like. It was like as soon as I went to sleep, I was awake again, and it was just before three.
0: And when you wake up, were you extremely drained?
1: No, I wasn't drained at all. I was. It was as if I had never been asleep. It was as if I'd just time traveled to this this point in time, you know. And I was completely alert, like which is strange for me waking up in the middle of the like middle of the night at just before three. And um, yeah, I saw the curtain and um, <laughs> yeah, it rattled
0: my cage, man. Uh, it would. I mean, it sounds like that was a really, really haunted building.
1: Yeah, it make, it's making me feel a bit uncomfortable like right now. Um,
0: How long were you in that building for?
1: We stayed in that one, uh, block four, uh, for probably two or three months. And um, then we moved over to another block uh, which was adjacent to it, called Block 2. And, um, yeah, I'd never experienced anything there. I have stayed in Block 2 later on in my career in the Army um, when I went back to Pucker for courses and never had anything happen there. Um, but, yeah, it was and, a weird building, man.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like there's a lot of activity going on in there. Did any of yep. your um, – the other cadets that were with you, did they ever have – as many experiences as you, as you did?
1: Well, there was, I, like I said, like a few guys, um, especially one bloke that, that guy who was complaining about his, uh, his laundry. He thought that we'd thrown it everywhere around the, the laundry, you know, and he wasn't the only guy that that happened to. Um, you know, other stories that other people would talk to you about, um, about the showers and stuff, just all turning on or like all the, all the, So the washing machines and the dryers in the laundry are all lined up around the room. So there's probably four or five of each, and people would just randomly hear like them all turn on at once. And we were like, "Oh, it's probably an electrical fault." Um, But even like a locker room, uh, the the door had been kicked in to this locker room, so you couldn't actually close it. But there were lockers in it, and people would just like, they'd tell you that they'd hear lockers, like, slamming, opening, slamming, opening, slamming, you know, all the time, you know, and um yeah, it was just weird, just weird stuff. It
0: sounds like it's a, almost quite an aggressive um, haunting that's going on in there.
1: Yeah, well, I never believed in any of that sort of stuff. Like, I, I never did, you know. Um I had mates talk about it and stuff, like, even before the army and that, but you know, I never had any experiences like that, and I never believed in it. And you know, I don't even—I don't—I can't put my finger on what it was that, you know, st- static electricity maybe for the curtain. I don't know, but it was weird how it just stayed there and didn't move at all.
0: You know, do you is, has your mindset changed since these experiences?
1: Yeah, yeah that's wh- that's why uh, I emailed you. Like I, I'd, I'd, like before that I had no interest in this sort of stuff and then like it sort of perked my interest and I just wanted to sort of find out and just basically see that I wasn't the only one that's, you know, you hear people tell these stories, but like I wanted to see if somebody had a similar story and then like I listened to your podcast and um, you know, it inspired me to, to message you and you know, I hope that some more people from you know, Puckapunyal, or, you know, my little, little brother, he went through Singleton, you know, and that's, that's a pretty, it's, it's a very similar place, you know? So hopefully some more people come out of the woodwork and, and, um and tell their stories because there are a lot of guys like that I met from 53 batteries. So 53 battery uh guys like artillery gunners that, stay there like that's their permanent posting until they get posted out and they live on the barracks and like they they would tell us stories as well about where they were staying in these other lines and you know the the t- telltale like the real pressure on the chest you've just woken up at night time and you know you can't breathe and their arms are like straight out in front of their body and that happened to like four or five dudes
0: oh really so this is yeah. a, a regular occurrence in this building.
1: That not just Block Four, but other places on the on the barracks, like yeah.
0: That doesn't surprise me. I mean, there would be a lot of history in, in an army barracks like that.
1: Oh, for sure. Especially considering like Pucker was basically raised to get troops on like get troops trained to go to Vietnam, like national servicemen and enlisted personnel. And, you know, a lot of guys um have died in training accidents there, have committed suicide there, um, unfortunately, and um, you know there there are stories that float around about it. But like you never believe any of that. It's just like an old wives' tale sort of thing. But I'm telling you, like you know, I've I've experienced something.
0: So before you went to yeah. Block Ford, was there was there whispers of the that that block no. was haunted or anything like that?
1: No, I, didn't, I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about it at all. Like, I'd never heard anything from any of the staff or anything like that. I was there for a day in December before I went home on leave, and then I got back in January, and I'd never been told anything. So it was just completely weird, you know, and maybe I had it in the back of my mind. Like, because it is a weird place, especially when there is only four of you in a building that's supposed to have 80 to 100, you know, like – Maybe you mind can play tricks on you, but just too many things lined up, and you know,
0: stacked up. Absolutely, and for the for the fact that it didn't just happen to you, it happened to the the three other blokes that you were living with. Kind of gives the the encounter a lot of credibility that something weird was definitely going on.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I've I've spoken to my mate about it since, like recently, um, and he's like, "Yeah, it was it was weird, it was strange." Like he wasn't, oh, he wasn't there like that night, but like he, he's like, yeah, I believe it. Like it just, it was a weird,
0: weird place. And you know? Would you find that it happened at certain times of the night or was it all these things just completely random when they happened?
1: Well, it was completely random, I feel, because like that thing that happened with the door happened like just before midday. Um, you know? And then it was late at night when, the the hallway lights and then in the in the dead of night and when I had that curtain experience and yeah I, it just happened at random times and and yeah I, I couldn't explain it to you any any better than that really I couldn't put a pattern down to it you
0: know? uh, okay because that was going to be my next question if if there was stuff that would happen over and over and over but nothing like that ever happened no no. Yeah. That's uh it, it definitely sounds like there's a bit of intelligence to to this haunting and that that really makes it in, in my books that makes it even even scarier the fact that this thing well, yeah. had a a mind of its own and it was deciding to do these things
1: Yeah 100% like it was as if it was trying to elicit a response out of people um like you know I, I don't know what it is I don't know what You know, it could just be a heap of coincidences, you know, but like how does, how do clothes get thrown out of a washing machine? Like all over the place, like every part of the room, you know, completely saturated and, you know, how does a curtain do that? I don't, I don't know,
0: you know. And did any any of it, it really is weird. And did any of the other guys that you were uh, stationed with in there, did they try to interact with this thing or did they try to, I know, bait it or, or, or anything like that to try to egg it
1: yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you should say that. Um, so the guys, like they put, there was a time where they got the tennis ball in the lockers because they were like, the locker room is just weird. It had this weird feeling in there. And they'd gone uh, and some. so how they'd left it. So you walk into the lockers and the lockers had keys in them. Um, so if you wanted to, you could take a key and a locker. So the boys had gone in there and they'd locked all the lockers and they put a tennis ball in one of them and they locked it. And then they came back the next morning and then the the tennis ball is in the middle of the hallway and all the lockers are open. Really? A hundred percent, man. And it's just, you know, whether it was like other blokes playing tricks from other lines or whatever, but, you know, I don't know. It was just weird.
0: Was it easy to get into the building?
1: It was. You could just like, so the front door was never locked. Um, so it had a side door, which was, they were both fire doors. And then the front door to the, the building was double like glass doors that you'd open. But at the time, like we weren't aware of anybody else in any other lines.
0: Um, so you're almost the only people on base in that area.
1: Pretty much, we were waiting for other people to get there to start, like from Kapuka, to, like start their IETs. It was just that we'd got there, so my mate and I had got there early, and then the other two boys had missed out on their their IETs and had to wait for the next one.
0: Did the did the activity pick up when more people come?
1: No. If anything, it went away.
0: Really? Wow.
1: Yeah. So that like, it was about less just under a month until like, and then another group of people came and then another on top of that. And then it was like, nothing happened. Like, I didn't experience anything else after that. And then I was probably in that building another month or so. And then we moved to the other one.
0: That's really interesting because I I would be under the impression that I guess more people would hear or or would see things going on. But with, um, Who knows? Maybe the ghost is shy. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know what what to put it down to. But it was just weird, you know. But yeah, it's funny you say. Did they try and bait it? And so one of the the other two boys, they were the ones that went and did that tennis ball thing, and they locked all the lockers, and then the next day they were open, and the tennis balls in the hallway. So
0: yeah. And what, and what was their reaction from that? Were they were they flawed? Were they gone? Uh, that's, yeah, that's, but, uh, there's something a, going on. <laughs>
1: So my mate and I were looking at them, and they were looking at us, and they were like, "Well, who did it? You know, like, was it you, or was it, you know?" So I think it was just a, like a sounding out sort of thing, trying to really find out if it was if something was happening. But like I know for a fact, not like neither of us did it, and they swear they didn't. And yeah.
0: So what was the what was the general mood in the in the building with all this going um, on? Just,
1: well yeah it was it was a bit weird, like generally we try and hang together um and like after all that sort of stuff, like after I told them about the life and stuff like no one had hang in the common room on their own like until later on when like those other two groups like and those groups were probably you know fifteen to twenty strong, and then the common room was always packed, you know so
0: yeah it's uh, there's got to be something going on when you've got four four blokes who are in the army and they're they're a bit worried about what's going on in that building hey
1: yeah well i, I you couldn't get me to sleep in it now like i I wouldn't do it you know? you wouldn't so, go back now Nah, no nah, i don't like I'm pretty sure it's still there, but you know I think that they may have renovated um or built other um, accommodation blocks, and they're rarely used now. So, like, I haven't been to pucker in years, like, because I've been out of the Army. But, um, yeah,
0: from what I know. Well, Josh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. That's that's an incredible encounter. I mean, that place, I'm going to say it's it's certified haunted. Something is definitely going on in that building. And the fact that the activity picked up when there was less people in there is yeah. really, really intriguing to me.
1: Yeah, well mate, I appreciate you listening and um I hope that you can shed some light for other people and they can speak about their experiences if they've ever been there or, or had a similar experience on an army base or something like that. So there's a lot of lot of history about Pucker and um if you dig it up, you know, you might find some stuff out. So
0: Yeah, well that's exactly it. I mean if there are any listeners out there who have um have been stationed at Pucker and, and stayed in, was it cell, uh, not cell block, sorry, um, building, <laughs> building four? Yeah, block four. Block four. Let us know, because that would be really, really interesting to, to kind of get a, I guess, a second point of view on, I guess, those same paranormal encounters, because that there, it, it really does have the, I guess, all the signs that it's a, um it's a poltergeist going on in there. It's not just a, a standard run of the mill haunting, because. This thing is really interacting with the the surroundings. It's interacting with the the people who are in there, and um, it's it's trying to mess with you.
1: Yeah, well, that's certainly how it sort of felt, to be honest with you. But you know, I like I, I still question myself to this day, Kate. So you know,
0: and I think a lot of people would. It's one of those situations where I know I wouldn't really know how to handle that because I would mm-hmm. feel this this isn't normal, and No, 100%. Yeah, and it would feel like, am I being pranked? Is someone doing something to me right now?
1: Yeah, that's what it felt like. That's exactly what it felt like. But when there's no one else in the room and uh, the curtain's got a mind of its own (laughs) without a window being open, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't
0: know. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au. Or you can message me on Facebook, and that's facebook.com forward slash believe ufo radio. Until next time, stay safe, and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio.